From Susan G. Komen, this is Real Pink, a podcast exploring real stories, struggles, and triumphs related to breast cancer. We're taking the conversation from the doctor's office to your living room. This is Real Talk, a new podcast series where we're going to break down the stigmas and feelings of embarrassment and talk openly and honestly about just how difficult breast cancer can be. From diagnosis to treatment to living with metastatic breast cancer to life after treatment ends. In today's episode, we'll hear from two women who were diagnosed with breast cancer during the holiday season. Shannon Schumacher was diagnosed on December 6, 2022 and had surgery the week after Christmas. She was hospitalized on New Year's Eve with a collapsed lung. Shannon's mom is a six-time breast cancer survivor, and her grandmother passed away from metastatic breast cancer before Shannon was born. Shannon's stepdad is living with stage four bladder cancer, and her brother is fighting lymphoma. Patricia Fox found a lump in her breast just days before Thanksgiving in 2013. She had a needle biopsy the day after Thanksgiving and received her breast cancer diagnosis on January 5th of that year. Their holidays were far from what they were expecting. They managed their diagnosis and had conversations with healthcare providers and family members about their treatment plan. It wasn't exactly the most wonderful time of the year. Shannon and Patricia, thank you for being here today and sharing what your experiences have been like. Hearing the words, you have cancer is never easy, but hearing them at a time that's often reserved for family, friends, celebrations, and traditions can be so much harder. So Patricia, uh, let's start with you. Tell us about your diagnosis and what your holiday season was like in 2013. And then Shannon, we'd like to hear from you about your diagnosis and the holiday season as well. Well, thank you for having me. And yeah, just to get right into it, I um, my birthday is October. And in November, I was taking a shower and I felt a lump in my breath suddenly. And I had just turned 26. So my natural thought was, I'm too young for this. What is this? Um, but I'm a woman of faith. And so I, it's like I could feel the Holy Spirit saying, or I could hear the Holy Spirit saying, like, you should get this checked out, even though you're only 26 years old. And so, yeah, Black Friday... I went, um, and even then when I went, they were like, you're just 26, you're too young. Like this could just be uh, a fist. And you know, for a younger woman, especially African-American woman, you may have a tendency to have denser breasts. So this really just may not be what you think it is. And thankfully, like that's when advocacy began for me because thankfully I was like, okay, well, I think I should still get this checked out. So I had to need a biopsy. I had to wait um, for the doctor to get back to me because she was on vacation with her husband. And um, I remember thinking all while trying to make sure I got the biopsy. You know, at the time I was an insurance professional and I just thought to myself, this is a waste of time. <laughs> like, I don't want to do this. This is a waste of time. I'm being a hypochondriac, all the things, like I'm too young. And so when I finally did see my doctor December 5th, um, you know, she was like, you're going to be a breast cancer survivor. That's how she delivered the news to me. And that was comforting. Um, it wasn't just you have cancer or it was, it kind of set up the experience for me. Um, I didn't tell my family immediately. I wanted to sit with the news myself um, and so slowly parcel it out. And I, um, for the holidays, you know, I was living on my own. So I wasn't really up for visiting family at the time anyway. And I surely didn't want that to be the discussion over presents and dinner. So I just spent the holidays home by myself. And I just kind of on my own pace, told like my siblings and my parents. And that's how it was for me. 
Wow, that must have been so devastating. And being 26 years old, like you just don't think you're not thinking of, you know, cancer yet. Like you just don't think it's going to happen. Not at all, especially during the holidays, especially at 26, selling insurance, life insurance for people, you know. So, yeah. So how about you, Shannon? Like, how was your experience during the holidays? Yeah. So my diagnosis was um, last year. So due to my family history of breast cancer for many years, I've been rotating between a mammogram and an MRI every six months. So last year in 2022, I had my mammogram that February and it was clear. And because I've been doing this for so long, I just wasn't really concerned about it. So I was due for my MRI in August and had kind of kept putting it off. Finally, in November, I went in for my MRI and that's where they found the tumor. So I received my diagnosis on December 6th. We almost have the same anniversary date. Um, so mine was was one year ago and I have um, IDC so and I'm HER2 positive and estrogen positive. So my treatment plan started with surgery right away. Um, then I did three months of chemotherapy, one month of radiation, and I'm doing infusions of the HER2 therapy drug, Herceptin, which runs for a full year. So this holiday season, I'm actually still in treatment. Um, last holiday season, I actually, I had my surgery just a couple of days after Christmas. I wanted to wait until Christmas was over. So I went in and to have my surgery, which was a lumpectomy and a, the, did the lymph node removal. And I had my port placed um, in surgery. Unfortunately, when my port was placed, they punctured my lung and it completely collapsed. It was very traumatic. Um, I had woken up from surgery. I was in extreme pain. I knew something wasn't right. I kept asking the nurses to please check my lungs. I just felt it was, my breathing was off. They said they had done a scan in the operating room. It was fine. Sent me home. I went 24 hours with my lung being collapsed. I even called the doctor in the middle of the night. Finally, in the morning, I went in. So then I was hospitalized as they, you know, reinflated and repaired my lung. Um, and that fell over New Year's Eve. So definitely <laughs> the last, you know, couple holiday seasons have not been normal for our family. Um, so I'm happy to have this discussion and we can dive in a little bit more. Yes. Oh my goodness. Now <clears throat> I've heard like the support needing support. I mean, one, just you're like you said, we have similar anniversary days. Your story is absolutely amazing. Just how you've persevered through it. And then even for you, that beginning of the advocacy piece, like sometimes you have to tell them like, th there's something still not right. Can you look at this again. Can you review this again? I've learned to ask, what are all of my options? So if, if I'm in pain, okay, what's another way we could look at it? Because, oh my goodness, going home after a whole 24 hours and having to go back, you know, what, what was the support like for you getting from your family? And then, you know, did your family have support or whoever was supporting you? Yeah. Well, and I'm like you too, where I, I overthink. So I was like, oh, you know, it's, I'm just being nervous and it's probably just hurting because of the surgery. And, but I think you're so right about like advocating for yourself and trusting yourself and just getting it checked out. And, um, you know, as far as my family, we, I did share with my family right away. So I told my husband first, of course, and then we told our daughters together and, and we told, you know, most of our family right away. 
Um, I, I feel like, you know, the whole, like sharing the story is really up to each person. And, um, and for some people, I think they need to process what's happening before they share it. And for others, I think it's just sharing it right away. And you, you kind of have to let go of worrying about what everybody else is going to, you know, be going through and really do what's best for you in the moment. Um, so, you know, for my um, support system, it was really kind of what did I need each day? Um, and also, I had a really good therapist in place already. So that was really super helpful for me. Um you know, to get through it. What about you, Patricia? Yeah. So actually I love that you talked on therapy because I, um, got a therapist, uh, maybe after my second treatment of Taxol, because when it switched from AC to Taxol, there was just such a hormonal psychological, like I was, I will never forget. I just fell into my face crying in the kitchen and I was like, what's happening? I'm trying to take like a scan, a mental scan, a physical scan. And I was like, Oh, this is it. This was the switch. Um, so, you know, seeing a counselor definitely supported me with just looking at what's going on in my life, my communication skills, because like I said, I didn't tell everyone immediately. I think I needed to process it. I remember going home, I got a bottle of wine and I was like, all right, this is it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> this is what's happening. Um, and like I said, I didn't want it to be a discussion over, you know, dinner, you know, my siblings at the time, you know, they're married with kids you know my dad was local my mom lives in the south and so i was just like oh i'll piece it out as, as i'm able and then the whole waiting process because so even though like december 5th is when i found out i still had to wait for the results for like you know whether you're black or negative or positive there was just so many other things that needed to be done and so i just remember thinking <laughs> so i didn't have a therapist at the time and i remember thinking like oh my gosh just cut the breast in and just like to go back to work. Like I wasn't even, I didn't really absorb. Your life is really going to be on pause. Like I'm thinking, okay, I got this diagnosis. Okay. Like what's next? Like as if I'm going to have lunch or something and then I'll be fine in a week and I'll no complete disruption of my life. I'm going, you know, I'm waiting for the results. And then, um, I don't think I got my results. Honestly, I don't know why this took so long and maybe you could share too. Um, and then we can go into how we found joy for the holidays because this really tried to suck all the joy out. But I didn't get my results about like the brackets as such until I was, until it was like close to February. So I went from like December, January, like it took months. And I remember like my mom was like, you left me hanging. And I'm like, no, ma, I needed to learn more information. It took a while. Did it take a while for you? Oh, absolutely. And I think, like you said, doctors do take time off over the holidays. It's you're leaving a ton of messages and not getting calls back. Um, because I live in, so my family split between Seattle area and Montana. And since I live in Montana and it's fairly remote, I, I really wanted to have a second opinion before moving forward with treatment here, but to get a second opinion, it was months. It was, and it was so many voicemails. Um, so I started like a, some journals where I tracked like my symptoms. I tracked, I kept track of like all of my appointments and what, what I was learning in each one. Um, but 
yeah, I think it wasn't until February for me as well that I was able to get into to, um, Seattle Cancer Care Alliance and get that second opinion, which fortunately matched up with what was happening here. What was tricky with that is I had to decide between do I wait to have surgery until I have that opinion or do I move ahead with surgery? And I decided to move ahead because I was, because it, it grew, that tumor grew so fast. I was like, you know, in three months, the tumor could spread to my lymph nodes and I don't want to take that chance. So that was really like a tough decision over the holidays to make, you know, and you're doing it so quickly. Um, But yeah, that holiday season can be really um, hard. And I think it's important to just like really stay focused on each step that you want to, you know, get done and just keep trying, keep making calls. Yeah. So what did you do to find joy? Like, did you, um, and, and your family too, like, what did you all do yeah. now that there's been this news impacting your holiday? For us, you know, it was, we were really still in shock and it's really, I think you have to go through like a grieving period. Um, and so we were really all going through that still. And what we did was, um, because we couldn't really be with family like normal, we thought, okay, well, what are like some of those really um, simple things? Like, how do you focus on just really simple things and small traditions that um, that we can keep, even though we're not with our larger family? And it, it was anything from finding a really good book to we always have a puzzle out um, during the holidays on a table that we will stop and like take time together and, you know, do that, bake cookies. So just really focusing on those little things um, and just accepting like this is what's happening, you know, and kind of working through that. Uh, What about you? I, uh, again, everyone, you know, had their own households and I'm I'm like a bunch of a loner. So Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm not, (laughs) I could be holiday filled, but I'm like, you know, like I'm older now. I don't have kids. So there's like, I don't have a Christmas mm-hmm. trip down. So for me, it was very simple. Um, I know my prayer life definitely was something that kept me afloat. Like, okay, you know, I remember like this is temporary. That's the mantra I kept hearing. Even before I had any, I, I also harvested my eggs. Um, and even that part mm-hmm. from advocacy. Um, but I remember thinking, I'm like, hey, this is temporary. And every time I would get upset, I could hear this is temporary. So for me, I took it day by day. I remember on um, Christmas, I had my favorite wine at the time was Chardonnay. Now it's Riesling, something a little sweeter. But I would have Chardonnay. I ordered Chinese takeout and I watched musicals. And literally, <laughs> that was my holiday. And that is a new yeah. tradition. It is still my holiday, like right now. I... You know, I don't need too much. I don't want to do too much. I don't want people coming to my house. I don't want, because then you got to tell people to leave. I'll just send a text. Hey, happy holidays to you. And I put my phone to do not disturb. And that was, that really brought me joy. Watching Rent <laughs> over and yeah. over. Watching, um, I love art, martial arts flicks. I love mob movies. Like that's just marathoning. Chinese takeout, like that is my new holiday tradition. Yeah, I think it's, you know, we cannot underestimate music and, and holiday movies and just having that time. Um, I'm also something, a couple of things that you said that made me think about 
how important it is to really establish your boundaries from the beginning with family and and others. And I think that can look anything like telling your family, you know, I'm just not going to host this year to telling a certain family member, hey, when we sit down at dinner, I just really don't want to talk about my treatment um, to, like you said, turning off your cell phone and watching a movie and just not even taking calls. You know, I think just setting whatever you need in that moment, whatever boundaries you need is so important. Yeah, especially like, so, you know, and even for anyone who's newly diagnosed and going through this experience of the holidays, you know, going into the new year, because I know me, I'm a former people pleaser. <laughs> so like I said, I'll show up if you ask. And, it's, and I may want to be there, but I may not want to be there all night. I may want to just come and be there for an hour. So for all of you who are maybe going through an experience of like, how do I set boundaries? We are coming on the practices of the new year. So new year, new me. Uh, we have lots of new normals that we experience as survivors. And so like, what was it like for you going into the new year in addition to setting boundaries and saying like, this is not something I want to discuss over dinner. Um, I may not be able to stay the whole time. Um, I know for me, the boundary was, even though I don't look sick, quote unquote, I'm still going through an experience. And so even if you temporarily forget, because I look normal, I need you to honor the boundary that I cannot show up and me not showing up is not personal. It's not a personal attack against you. I just have to make myself as available as possible to me. Like I am my priority right now. So I don't have to carry that energy going into the new year. What about you? Yeah, I think the your relationships really change and um, it's people that you used to, you know, go and do things with, you realize, wait, am I doing that for myself or was I doing that to just for the person or for some, some other reason? And I, it, because you, you don't, you're so limited on how much you can give um, that you have to really fine tune who you're going to spend that time with. And um, going into New Year's, you know, for me, we were just, again, we were really still processing and still kind of in shock. And um, while other people were making their resolutions to lose weight or, you know, those things started to not feel as important. And for me, I was like, my goal this year is to, I know it's going to be really hard. I I just want to simply get through it. So, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, just getting through it. It literally was a day by day experience. And for the most part, I don't know about for you, but after I received treatment, I felt like I didn't have control over my body or resting for like the first week. And then that following week, because mine were biweekly, my treatments initially biweekly. So then leading up to my next one, it's like I just start to feel normal and now I'm back in treatment. But like those two days where I'm starting to feel normal, you know, yeah. I can up a little bit or, you know, go out for lunch or something like that. Mm-hmm. So I definitely yep. understand the just wanting to get through a part. Was there anybody that stood out for you during the holidays? Like, um, or like an experience that, that was, again, like it, it felt good. And it was like, again, although we're facing these new normals, we just want to live and survive this experience. Was there something mm-hmm. joyful, like maybe something that someone did? Yeah, I mean, so as Adam mentioned, um, when I received my diagnosis within that same two weeks, um, my stepfather received his diagnosis and my brother as well. So we we really leaned on each other. And um, 
I also like, I also found other breast cancer survivors to connect with. Um, also my mom being a survivor. So because of that, you know, I, it kind of changed my relationship with those family members. And um, I would say my community of people as probably you, like it very, there's so many various types of, of personalities. And there's some people that love to give advice and some that are really good listeners and some who just want to talk. And sometimes that's a, a good distraction. So every day I would say, what do I need today? Do I need to just be alone or do I need, you know, which, which of this, these people do I need today? And that's what I would just focus on. Um, I'm curious with you and, and now that it's been a number of years, did you find like one person in particular that's really been kind of by your side or um, how have you navigated the relationships? Well, I'm the oldest sibling, so I'm naturally private. <laughs> like, um, you know, I was more concerned with how it was going to impact the family, which is why it took me some time. And, and it didn't take me forever. Just maybe if I found out, I didn't tell people to like, you know, three or four days after I found out and I was like, OK, this is real. Um, and I would say my biggest supporter um, was my brother. When I told him, he was like, OK, we're going to get through it. We're only a year and a half apart. He's like, we're, we're going to get through it. And that's it. You know, um, Whereas like one of my sister, my sister, she cried a little bit, um, you know, but I think for the most part, people try to show up strong. But my brother was like the biggest. He died as soon as he found out he dyed his locks pink. He had locks at the time. So he dyed her locks pink. And he's like, I found out that men get breast cancer, too. So it, it just created this big wave of awareness. Um, my dad bringing home um, different stickers and information for like his wife and the kids. Um, because I like I said, the oldest of six, I have another sibling because you can get it at any age. Um, uh, but my brother was like the best. He was like, Oh, do you need money? Um, and he lived in North Carolina at the time too. So, and he was putting like stickers on people's car. And I was like, you cannot like Darren, you cannot do that. You cannot put a sticker in someone's car. He was like, but why? It's canceled. <laughs> it's canceled awareness. And I'm like, because it may not come off. And like, that's very upsetting. Somebody just may not want that sticker on their car. So he would then put it in their windshield. But he was just the best. And I say was because he passed away this past August. Um, but he was the absolute best. Always made me smile. And it wasn't until after I finished my treatment with um, radiation that he was like, okay, I feel like I could take a breath now. And that's when, like, the first time he cried. He's like, I just couldn't cry when you were moving through the experience. He's like, I felt like I had to be strong for you. Um, so then fast forward, you know, I decide, I leave insurance. I decide that advocacy was definitely going to be like part of my life's purpose. I um, published a book for women that are going through cancer and different diseases. And I hyphen it because a disease could literally be just whatever disruption in your mind and your spirit doesn't have to be a diagnosis from the doctor. Um, however, you know, we create a community in this space. We link up with so many different people. And so a lot of my survivor sisters and survivor friends, they, they got this book um, called Declaration Statements of Healing for Women Braving Disease. And you can journal. So like you said, you would write, you would journal. What do I need today? So there's a prompt. And, you know, he supported me through that, going to Sephora. You know, again, I, I just changed my whole life wanting it to be about advocacy and beauty get a modeling opportunity with them. He was so happy. So this is over the years. This isn't like 
overnight. The one time, uh, with every milestone from diagnosis up until like very recently, my brother has just been like, oh my God, her book's on Amazon. Oh my God, she's in a Sephora. He's always taking his wife and the kids to take pictures. And yeah, so that, this, I would say, honestly, maybe this holiday coming and him not being here, I'm kind of like, what's that going to feel like? You know, because he was the greatest. Even this past Thanksgiving, like not talking to him was just like, hmm. So I'm going to do my treatment again. We're going to see. I'm going to get some wine, probably something really sweet. <laughs> I'm going to order my Chinese takeout again. And we'll just, maybe I won't be such a like isolated, aloof big sister and I'll FaceTime family this year to, to bring an extra joy. But he was like, that was my, my best for the holidays. That's the person who, who made my experience, my journey, the most joyful was my brother. Well, and how amazing that is that you have that memory with him, you know, and that you were able to spend that time getting closer. Um, but I'm so sorry to hear that you've lost him and this will be your first holiday season, it sounds like, without him. So I understand how hard that will be. And I think kind of goes in line with what we've been talking about and going through all of that grieving and the processing. Um, so yeah, and like you have shared too with, you know, different family members being, because like life is still happening. Just because we've been diagnosed with something doesn't mean that someone else isn't being diagnosed or there's not something that's happening. I remember feeling like, you know, all these great things are happening and suddenly this experience has come like the Grinch to kind of steal my joy. And so it's very, it's up to us to really be intentional about what joy looks like, what it feels like. Sometimes it really is just laying in bed all day. Um, or it could be going outside and taking a walk and feeling the sun. Uh, it could be journaling. For me right now, it's been lighting incense, lighting candles, and listening to soft music. I've listened to Andre 3000's new album since it dropped. It's just <laughs> him playing the flute, <laughs> 432 hertz, which is a nice healing energy um, and vibration. So, you know, whatever it's going to look like, um, I think it's important as other survivors listen to it. Like there is, it's healing isn't linear. Joy isn't linear, whatever it looks like to you. Cause it's going to change. I agree. Um, yeah. So uh, this has been a, a really great um, discussion uh, to, to just listen in on. I really appreciate both of you, you know, taking the time to, to share um, your lives with us. I wonder, um, you know, the, the, the holidays are, you know, they're not always holly and, and, and jolly. Um, it's important to recognize that sometimes during this time of year, it can be especially difficult for people that are newly diagnosed. So, so what would you say to someone listening who finds themselves in a tough spot this holiday season? I would say, you know, do what you can to really find peace. Um, stay, stay in the moment, stay really present. Little things, looking at beautiful Christmas lights, taste how amazing that hot chocolate is, you know, laugh at your friend's jokes. Um, it's so easy to focus on what scary things could happen. And I think just really stay in the moment of what are the facts? What do you know today? And what is around you in, in this moment? What are those little simple things that you can find joy in? And 
again, it's okay to say no and really setting your boundaries from the beginning is really important. Yeah, I think that's awesome. And uh, I'll just add, um, you know, it's okay. As you're going through this experience, you're going to have new normals. Um, so there may be things that you cannot do that you were able to do before and just explore, approach it with curiosity, approach it with curiosity of what you can do to make your season more joyful because, um, most survivors do experience new normals. And so take this, uh, if you can just look at it as one, it's temporary Two, if you're a believer, just take it with some kind of faith with whatever God of your understanding but that definitely may also support you with appreciating, like, you know, like you were saying, Shannon, that sip of hot chocolate, um, just being grateful for the ever present. Um, but yeah, a portion of curiosity, you know, I played a lot in beauty and I mean, the smallest thing to the biggest thing, whatever it was, it's a personal perspective. Um, but you'll have so many new things that are going to happen over the years, you know, you're, you're a survivor from the time you're diagnosed, not just after treatment, because it's a whole life journey after that. So, you know, something new for you would be like, I don't know, picking oranges instead of having cake with family, you know, try that. Shannon and Patricia, thank you so much for sharing your lives, for sharing your stories and your struggles and just allowing us to be a part of your lives for this moment in time. I really appreciate your time on the show today. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for having us. Thanks for listening to Real Pink, a weekly podcast by Susan G. Komen. For more episodes, visit realpink.komen.org. And for more on breast cancer, visit komen.org. Make sure to check out at Susan G. Komen on social media. I'm your host, Adam. You can find me on Twitter at AJ Walker or on my blog, adamjwalker.com.